Welcome to Birth Mothers Amplified, giving a voice to the women behind adoption. Hosted by Emma and Mathani. Welcome back to another episode of Birth Mothers Amplified. I'm Mathani. And I'm Emma. And today we have Macy with us. Hi, Macy. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. And so today we'll be talking about private adoption, finding adoptive families through friends, and doing what it takes to find the right family for your child. Yes. And so Macy is a birth mother of nine years and has a bachelor's and master's in speech therapy, is currently a speech therapist. She loves to travel, hike, go to the beach, currently close to a beach, uh, which is nice. And her favorite place she's traveled to is Georgia, specifically the mountains, um, which apparently has some great hiking and is beautiful. I need to go. And she loves going to concerts and is very family oriented. And so Macy, we are so excited to have you on and appreciate you taking time out of your day to share your story. So let's go ahead and jump in to your adoption story. Okay. Awesome. Um, Again, I appreciate what you guys are doing and I really appreciate you having me today. I'll start with, um, I uh, found out when I was 17, struggling a lot in high school, um, kind of barely making it through. Find out that I was pregnant when I went to an urgent care visit with my mom one day. Um, was very shocking. Of course, immediately I felt as if, you know, I, don't, I, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, I can't can't be a parent right now. I'm mm. you know, struggling to take care of myself. Um, I have a lot of other family issues going on. It was basically, I was kind of hit with a tough, tough choice immediately once I came to realization that I was actually pregnant. At one point, a friend mentioned to me, you know, hey, there is abortion. You know, it's just, it costs this much. And um, it didn't feel right. It didn't seem like that was something I wanted to, to do, go through. And I knew I couldn't be a parent. And um, I heard about adoption um, through a family or a friend, um, her mom, a couple that were struggling to get pregnant. And kind of, I guess at that point, I realized that it was very common for couples to struggle with infertility. And and I didn't realize how many couples were out there wanting to adopt. I watched Teen Mom. So during that time, the whole Caitlin story, I think. Uh, was going on and so kind of learned about adoption that way too and I was like you know wow this is a legit option to consider so I kind of knew right away that that's what I wanted to do I met with the couple um you know I thought they were great and um, wanted to keep getting to know them so we planned several like hangouts and meetups and um I began kind of building relationship with this couple and also feeling very hopeful that this is a good option. This is my, you know, good option for me and uh, mm-hmm. the baby. But as I kept getting to know this couple, I started to kind of see some red flags in a way and kind of feeling as if they weren't the right fit for um, me and my baby. I had to um, write them a letter. It was very hard, of course, letting them down. What was their response? Got a pretty short response. She was not very happy at all. I still felt like it, you know, I made the right decision at the time. That is such a st- 
sticky and hard situation mm. for all parties involved. I mean, it's, you know, you hear something like that and your heart breaks, of course, for the adoptive parents, but you're also, it wouldn't be a good situation if you were doing it out of obligation, right? Like you need to do what's best for you and your child. So you totally did the right thing. It's unfortunate and hard, you know, and my heart goes out to them of how heartbreaking that is. But I mean, unfortunately, that's part of the messiness of adoption, right? Is, is all hearts are on the line involved. The hardest breakup. Mm. Yeah. So then what happened after you decided, okay, this first couple isn't for me, you still felt confident about pursuing adoption. How did you find another couple? I began hearing about other couples. Well, I guess uh, I live in the South where it gets round. There's (laughs) struggling through a pregnancy. There's an expectant mother. um, Understand. (laughs) Friends, different, you know, people hearing about it kind of said, Hey, you know, I know this couple and and I almost felt like I, I looked at some, I think maybe some people sent me their portfolios. I was kind of overwhelmed at that point. Like, wow, I've got a big decision to make. But I became very close to uh, a mentor at the time. One day came to me and said, hey, you know, I heard, I go to the YMCA and I heard about this couple. Um, I think you should meet with their friend and kind of see what you think. And so we had lunch with their friend who kind of told me more about them sound really awesome I think I'd like to meet them um so she went she didn't even tell them about it because she didn't want them to get like their hopes up too much but she went and drove another town over that day and like told them hey <laughs> I have somebody I want you to meet I know y'all are looking to adopt we're gonna set up a meeting so we all me my mentor my grandmother had dinner together and um I don't know it's just like right off the bat I just kind of knew weird to say but love at first sight kind of thing like just kind of had a great feeling about it like they were it some things I heard about them were um, they had been married over 10 years they had struggled with infertility went to high school together but they met started dating in college and um, just a really good couple like did a lot for their community very close with their niece and nephews they grew up in the same neighborhood they're living now all their families nearby and I felt good about it. Shortly after like we met for dinner, um, their friend drove me to the town that they live in, kind of showed me the neighborhood where, you know, my son would be growing up, you know, if I did place him and the school he might be going to, the church and like different things like that. So I kind of got a good feel for the environment. And so that made me feel really good too. It's interesting how with the private adoption approach, it's almost the backwards from the agency approach to choosing a family where you meet the family and then determine kind of where it's like with the adoption agency, you tend to have a criteria and then you look at the couples then decide and then meet them where for you, it was meeting the couples, getting to know if you feel at peace about it. Um, I don't think there's necessarily right or wrong. I just think that's interesting that you met them and then um, was determining whether or not they were a good fit for your, for you and, and your child. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really have a whole list or a lot of ideas about what I felt like, you know, was best, the best couple or hearing different things and deciding, you know, that might be what I want. You know, I didn't even, I didn't have a list in my mind. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So when did you meet with an attorney? So uh, shortly after I, you know, made the decision, and my mentor helped me 
uh, hire a lawyer that he knew, um, private attorney, wasn't specialized in adoption or anything like that. He was just there to kind of do the legal work for us. And uh, we met with them, kind of started figuring out how things were going to go, drawing up the papers and figuring out how going to do everything legally. And so did you have, because you said that he wasn't specialized in adoption, so did you have anyone to refer to regarding adoption? So he um, made referrals, like he got me involved in counseling right off the bat, and then um, a social worker that was familiar with adoptions, um, kind of getting me to talk and work with her. Or the adoptive um, couple, they had their own lawyer too, that um, I think was somebody that he recommended was specialized in adoption. And if you don't mind me asking, what was the financial situation and how, how were these things paid for? Cause I know that's a common question people have with, with private adoption is who pays for what? And you know, I know you have to be careful with that. So yeah, uh, it gets a little tricky with private adoption. They of course were like, you know, we want to help and pay for whatever we can. Um, at the same time, you know, if it, they were to pay for too much or it could get it could get tricky i didn't want any complications in that area so um, they actually helped pay for any mm -hmm. like medical things that i needed but they i was on medicaid um, with alabama so that covered most of it but if I, there were any other medical expenses that came up then they would pay for that and all in abidance to the law and that's kind of how the lawyer helped in that area also i did mm -hmm. see counselor or counselor regularly, so they pay for that. They help with the counselor, um, and then any other like additional lawyer fees. So you had, you know? so you had a friend or family friend help support you financially yeah. as well. Yeah, and um, kind of friends from all over. I had to quit working at the job I was at. It was kind of stressful. And so I babysat for my sister for a while. That helped me get through. I was on food stamps. I was mm -hmm. on WIC. Birth mothers not realize that you know you can still get those resources even though you're not parenting. But anyway, so I had a lot That's of great. That's a great thing too. Yeah. So I had a lot of support from different areas. So you began this journey with this couple that you fell in love with right off the bat. And you had been starting to go to counseling. You had your social worker. You honestly had a little team behind you, yeah. which is good yeah. to hear. Did you feel that support? Like, did you feel, I know you said high school was hard. So, I mean, did you feel that you had that emotional support you needed? For the most part, you know, I felt very blessed. The birth father, right off the bat, didn't want to have anything to do with it. But when I found out I was pregnant, like basically, you know, told me he wasn't going to be able to help me out. I mean, we, we'd been broken up a month. We'd been dating a few, just a few months before that. So although, you know, I had all this support, I felt very blessed, you know, at the, for the most part, you know, I did feel very lonely in my decision. Like it was a decision I had to make. No, and, and I think that's important to state because as a birth mother who was very blessed as well and felt I had a, a little team behind me um, with my immediate family being incredibly supportive, I had the birth father involved. I mean, when you look at my situation, it's, you know, why are you, why would you feel alone? And I know that I've always felt guilty when I expressed sorrow or feeling alone when I know I had so much more than most birth mothers ever have had, but that does not take away from, like you said, at the end of the day, even with a team behind you, yes, that's yeah. better than nothing, 
but it's still your choice. At the end of the day, you're signing the papers. You have to make that decision, which anytime you have to make a decision um, like that, of course, it's isolating. And so I, I resonate with you that you, to still feel blessed and grateful and you can still have that, but to still feel very alone and have that sorrow as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty much most of the time all on the mother. <laughs> so what about um, the hospital or leading up to the hospital? Things kind of went very smoothly throughout the pregnancy and um, leading up to the hospital about eight months, I started to get very concerned just um, how is this going to play out you know I'm getting nervous about this decision um, how am I going to do it <laughs> like I said the attorney that we had was not specialized in adoption so whenever I presented these concerns to him he was like oh it's um you know you have the baby in, in a very lawyer way <laughs> you know you have the baby and uh you sign the papers and, and that's it you know I come as soon as he's born and I was just like uh-uh, like, I'm going to need, like, some time with the baby, like, I feel like, you know, talking with my counselor, she kind of helped guide me, like, what I needed. Did you have your child in Alabama? I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you know what the law is in Alabama? Like, in uh, Texas, it's 48 hours is the earliest you can sign away your rights. Do you know what the law is? I don't know currently. At the time, I think it was you couldn't sign away before he before the baby was born. But there wasn't an hour afterwards that you, it sounds like you could sign away as soon as you've given birth. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's uh-huh. how the lawyer made it seem. It could be different. I, I'm not sure, uh, a private adoption versus an adoption through an agency. Those laws and hours might be different, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I could, I could be wrong on it. Um, there was confusion there. Yeah. A private attorney not really knowing but um there was a little confusion on that as far as like the birth father went like we had to figure out when he he had to sign his rights away it was kind of honestly hard to get him to do that so that was a struggle too there was confusion on the on the laws for sure because when I started having these concerns I um was like maybe there's some resources out there and this is I feel like before social media has really taken off to where there's a big birth mother community, like there weren't a lot of resources out there for me at the time. Um, yeah. Years ago, I uh, found like an adoption forum online where it was basically across the board in the adoption community, adoptees, adoptive parents, hopeful adoptive parents. So found that forum and that forum helped me a lot because I wasn't really informed on the laws. And so kind of reaching out or I basically could send any question I needed to. Lots of people would reach out and um, try to help me out and give their opinions. Did you find that helpful or overwhelming? Because I've heard different people like birth moms say they've found online support groups and some of them find it counterproductive and some find it incredibly helpful. So did you find it? I found it productive? helpful for me because it put things in perspective. Like they kind of asked some of them asked me some hard questions that I needed to be asked. Like, hey, you know, are you sure you don't want to parent? Have you really considered parenting? Um, are you sure adoption's the right thing? And even though, yeah, they could be considered kind of productive questions, it kind of helped me have more reassurance that 
I was making the right decision because they're presenting me with questions that are conflicting, you know, because of course there's a lot of people that are positive on adoption and there's people that are negative about it. So it kind of opened my eyes up to both views and helped me form my own, you know, thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Leading up to it, um, I was very scared, like, am I gonna have time with him? What's gonna happen? So um, I eventually reached out to um, the adoptive couple and told them that, you know, I was worried, like, because I felt like I, I did want some, I needed that time with him in the hospital. Um, so she suggested that at the next um, time we go up to the hospital for an appointment, that we go and talk with the social worker. So after, and this was one of my kind of last appointments, we went and met with the social worker at the hospital and she made me feel a lot better. Like, hey, this is this is your time. Take all the time you need. Like, we are here for you and the baby. Y'all are the patients, like whatever you need, basically. So I felt very good about that. Yeah. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad that you advocated uh, for what you needed and what you desired. Um, I think mm -hmm. it's easy to submit to the people who know what they're doing, right? Or in a position of authority, power. whatever power, whatever you want to call call yeah. it, right? Of, I mean, I I'm a very um, obedience is something that I probably am more inclined to do, and and so I could see me being like, oh well, the attorney said that's how it goes, you know? <laughs> and and I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't push or question or ask for what they need just because yeah. it's a I mean, you don't know if you don't have anything else to refer to, mm -hmm. then you think, oh, well, that's the way it has to be done rather than that might just be a way it could be done. So yeah. I'm glad that you, you were able to discover that through counseling and with your, the social workers to identify. And um, it sounds like you said that the adoptive mother or was the adoptive mother um, or parents involved in that, that decision as well? The adoptive parents, um, I feel like they yeah. were very involved in different things, but at the same time, they kind of kept the respective dis respectful distance and um, they considered, you know, my feelings and, you know, kind of what I wanted. Like, I felt like it was very important um, the time that we all um, met and she kind of gave me some names that she was, you know, were considering for my son. And um, we kind of, I felt like I was involved in that decision making process and so, I appreciated that a lot and you know they wanted as far as when it came down to the hospital time like they wanted what was best for me and, and him and so I felt very comfortable kind of deciding you know that hey this is what I want to do when it comes down to it which was so yeah so basically um how it went was during labor I just wanted like I just wanted my sister and my mom there I didn't want a whole lot of people there waiting because labor is very strenuous and <laughs> I you know was prepared for that I had just just them at the hospital my mom and my sister at my side and then when he was born um got to have that time immediately to hold him at that point of course told them that he was born and they made a time and they come up came up there later that night to visit with him and meet him and so I felt like that was a good way to do it for sure mm -hmm. for us you know and you know they weren't there all, up there all the time you know kind of came in came out and um had their time with them and, but at the same time like they knew that that was important for me to get some time with them too and I had family that wanted to meet him as well you know and, um, and, the, and they had family too so 
a lot of people kind of in and out, but I still feel like I got lots of time holding him and um, singing to him, just taking lots of pictures. And um, so, yeah, it was very, um, of course, hard, but I feel like it went as best as it, it could have, for sure. Yeah, yeah. At, at what point did you sign away your rights? Did you end up doing it immediately after, or did you wait? No, so the, um, I, we told the lawyer we wanted him to come on the last day when it was time of discharge. They have discharged. Uh, I got that time with him before, and then whenever it came down to, we were actually leaving is when the lawyer came, and that's when I signed the, the papers. It kind of made it into a very special moment. Like, uh, they brought outfits, um, for him and I got to choose like which one to put him in. And then we had, after we left um, from the room, we went downstairs to the chapel and we had a little ceremony, took pictures. Um, the mentor I told you about, he actually kind of led the ceremony, said some prayers and we, you know, then eventually I gave him to them. That was very awesome for us all. I feel like it, um, something, you know, always look back for you know, back at it and be like, that was a special moment for sure. Mm. Um, was that the last time you saw him? Moment that I um, left the hospital and uh, that, yeah, that was it. Yeah. So um, we have a semi-closed adoption decided kind of throughout that we thought that was the best for us to do. So I get pictures and letters via email every six months um, for the first three years I got pictures and letters every um, three months and then it tapered off now it's every six months up until he's 21 and then that kind of leaves communication open at that point kind of what he wants <laughs> yeah was semi open or semi closed something that you proposed whenever I first met them um, it kind of came up that they if they went through with it adoption that they wanted a closed adoption well I was leaning more towards open um so I kind of but at the same time I didn't really exactly know um that's where that forum that I got involved with kind of helped guide me as well as like the counselor that I was seeing regularly like what do I want you know mm -hmm. what what is best for me my son and for them you know we considered all parties we came to the conclusion that we felt like the semi-open adoption was best um, just for us. I didn't want to feel like I was kind of popping in and out of his life and felt, I mean, I know it works for lots of people, and um, but I, I didn't want to feel like that and also didn't kind of want to keep reliving that trauma every day. Mm -hmm. We came up with that and even though they weren't legally binding papers, we drew up some uh, papers that stated you know exactly word for word like what the level of communication was going to be so it was helpful to have it written out like that that's awesome yeah the past nine years y'all have had this semi-open relationship mm -hmm. the biannual updates looking forward how long will you receive those updates and have y'all discussed that relationship evolving in any other way yeah so um going back i actually like towards the end of my pregnancy I created a scrapbook for him and I included pictures and I included a letter and in the letter you know I kind of said like I hope that one day like I'll get to see you again and that you know we will get to be good friends and you know 
So we have it to where it's, I get updates every six months until he's 21. But I feel like once yeah. you get past a certain adult mature age, it's kind of, it'll kind of leave it open for him in a way, you know, does he want to have, what kind of contact does he want to have with you? It'll kind of be a new territory to. Uncharted territory. Yeah, uncharted yes. territory to kind of navigate at that time. So it's kind of where we are now. Mm. And, um, so far it's worked out great. They write super awesome, you know, heartfelt letters, just pictures they send, of course, are awesome. Definitely works for us now. And uh, of course it's hard not seeing them, but you know, I, I'm hopeful in the future. Hear more about, was it the, the social worker, the counselor, a mixture of both, or really just you and the adoptive parents communicating with all of these expectations and standards? Because it's pretty impressive how <laughs> clear y'all were and, and how y'all, you know, respected each other's boundaries and communicated yeah. without that third party agency facilitating. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that helped us was the open communication. You know, when I had a concern, you know, initially I had the urge to hold back, but I think bringing those concerns to them kind of did more good for sure. Being open and honest about what I want, what I needed and, you know, how I felt about things and also wanting to know how they felt too. It was good to have all that, um, other support too though. Um, have you continued therapy throughout the years? Oh yeah. Um, up till now, are you still doing therapy? Yeah. Um, so I am a big mental health advocate. That's another thing I can add to my bio. Uh, I think it's very important and, uh, yeah, I currently, um, see a counselor regularly. Of course it's here most, it's not all adoption related or what I went through. It's more life problems going on right but yeah i um, still do and take mental health very seriously and um i think that's been yeah very helpful for me you're making Mathani's heart sing <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yes i'm a huge huge mental health advocate for sure and there's you know a saying i guess in the adoption community um that a lot of the times with birth mothers, our adoption journey is the smallest fire we're trying to put out. <laughs> and yeah. so if we're not putting out these other fires, that was not really going to matter. And so yeah. we, need, we need to get the help that we need. Therapy's huge. I know for me, it's been life-changing. So I'm always a huge advocate for it. Okay. Well, Macy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's been really insightful to learn from someone who went through a private adoption. And something I love about this podcast is we want to hear all the stories. We want to hear all the different journeys and avenues people have experienced adoption. And so um, thank you for teaching us and educating us on what that experience was like. Well, I hope our listeners also um, gained a lot from it. But with that, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Birth Mothers Amplified is brought to you by the Gladney Center for Adoption and Adoption.com. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, 
and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Birth Mothers Amplified. The views expressed may not represent the views of this program or sponsors and should not substitute seeking the advice of licensed professionals. To speak with an adoption counselor, please call 1-800-236-7898. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.